At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is M-I-P. With Masamela Matfumau. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Welcome back, folks, to another one of our favorite segments and yours, Thursday Coast, with the founder of the largest online progressive community, the founder of Civics with a Q, the impeccable polling firm with a large sample size. Again, we want to remind you, you might want to get involved in Civics and become a part of it. Civicswithaq.com. And also the newly popular, most downloaded worldwide podcast, uh, The uh, Brief. Wait. <laughs> uh, he had he had our good More friend yeah we had our good friend ellie mistal on this week you want to check it out marcos melissa joins us once again hey man how are you doing good how are you doing just fine just fine okay this is what we need to get to you live in cali what is going on with this recall and is there a possibility larry elder could mess around and win this yeah yeah, there's a there's a possibility. I mean, California has this idiotic recall um, process, recall election process, where it's a two parts. Where you have the first part is does the incumbent stay or go, and it's a fifty percent, right? You need fifty percent says yes, and he's gone or she. Then there's if 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 the elected official is recalled, then there's a second part to the test which then is a question of then, okay, who replaces that candidate? Now it's stupid because it's not a, it's not an actual election. It's not candidate versus candidate. It's this weird um, up or down. And then if it's down then pick somebody and it's confusing. And, and so great Davis was recalled by the Republicans back in the day, right? This is when Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor and, um, Democrats have had like 20 years to fix this thing and they, they never did. So um, I, a lot, big part of it is on them. I, I just don't understand what kind of stupid thinking makes you think that this is not going to come back and bite you again. Cause it's just not, it's not even very, it's not a smart system. It's not a recall, have primaries, have somebody to challenge it. There's uh, or have a recall election. And then if that passes, then have another special election to elect the replacement. I mean, there's lots of ways to do this. Everybody else seems to be able to manage recall elections except California. So what that means is that um, if 50% of Californian voters say Governor Newsom is gone, he's gone. And that is going to be a function of turnout. Obviously, California is a very democratic state. Uh, the state is about two thirds democratic. So what Republicans have been banking on is that Democrats will be asleep at the wheel. You know, it's sleepy September election. 
And not a lot of people may be paying attention. And they're all riled up because God forbid you make them wear a mask. It's like mark of the devil, Satan himself, you know, wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So that's their, that's the case that they succeed. Now, um, one of the, there's several problems that Republicans have. One is that it's still California. It's, it's two thirds democratic. So they are, they have to dramatically overperform democratic performance. Now we have, we know the ballots are coming in. Oh, problem number two is that California's pretty much vote by mail. We all get our ballots, right? So even if you didn't know an election was happening, boom, there, there, <laughs> there's a ballot that you're, you don't actually have to show up and go somewhere to vote. So the ballot just shows up. And Democrats are returning the ballots at a two-to-one clip over Republicans. They are, um, they are uh, at almost the same pace as 2020 general election. So turnout so far in the way you define a turnout in the mail election is pretty, pretty strong. And there's been a whole, you know, you have a bunch of Democrats coming to the state to campaign. And and, and the issue isn't like vote for Gavin Newsom. The issue is like there's this thing <laughs> are trying to sneak in uh, a, a recall, like pay attention and just please the ballots in your in your it's on your countertop. Please return it. So. When Great Davis was recalled uh, in Arnold Schwarzenegger won, I think, uh, in 1992 or somewhere around there, um, Democrats actually had the lieutenant governor on the replacement ballot. So what they found, and, and Schwarzenegger beat him by like 10 points. It was lieutenant governor Cruz Bustamante. And what Democrats really realized is that there's almost no way to win a, the second part of the, of the vote because people vote no. And then they walk away, right? I mean, right. so a significant number of people, because it's such a confusingly stupid system, doesn't make any sense to try to educate people to vote no and then vote for this one other person um, is a very muddy, muddled uh, messaging problem. They it totally failed during, during Gray Davis. So this time around, they basically said, no, we're not going to have any credible people. It's up or down. It's either you turn out and vote for uh, Gavin Newsom or you're going to have a Republican um, QAnon radio host, crazy right winger as governor of California. It'd be very temporary. You know, he'd be swapped out next year. But um, that's the uh, that's the place where things are right now. And and so am I worried? The polls show that the no vote is at 60 percent, but it's almost impossible to model out. Um, turnout because everybody's got a ballot sitting under a countertop. How do you model who actually fills it out and mails it back in or drops it off at a mailbox? Um, right now, like I said, Democrats are doing really well and Republicans are actually trying to message for people that it's okay to vote by mail, which is actually kind of hilarious because they've been conditioned by Trump to think that voting by mail is the devil. And now they are they are They had this, this big problem that not only are there people really not turning in ballots, but they're going to depend on election day turnout. And to fund a get out the vote operation in the state as big as California, it's expensive. I don't know if they have the money. I don't think they have the money. So uh, I, I, I think we win this, but it's not by any means assured. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an element of, oh crap, like this could get ugly really quick. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope people are aware, and I hope there's enough media there in California. Is is there a lot of local coverage on local media in terms of what could happen and who Larry Elder really is? I mean, there is. I just don't know who watches local media anymore, to be honest. I mean, I went to look yeah. just to see what was happening, but I mean, who's reading newspapers and watching the nightly news? Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm not seeing it in my media sphere, but my media sphere is very anti-advertising. So I'm not, I'm probably not the best person, but I know they're spending money. The money's being spent. So, and like I said, the, um, the turnout is, is very, very strong so far. It's tracking 2020 numbers and that was a presidential election. So I'm hoping, and we're all, all Democrats are hoping that that means that, that, um, that that'll continue. Cause you know, you could always have the most engaged people like me vote early. Cause we're like, yeah, no, hell no, we're not going to allow this. And then the people that are harder to turn out, maybe they don't ever mail back their ballot. That's a real possibility. Right. So we just don't know. Cause this is such a stupidly stupid system. <laughs> and I really can't believe we still have this. Now, I may have missed something. Is this the recall exclusively mail-in, or will people be going to the polls as well? Um, they can go to the polls, too. California is very hybrid. But anybody that has voted by mail will automatically get the ballot the next election. And last year, particularly because of COVID, right. everybody got um, yeah. ballots by mail. So the turnout that you're talking about is based upon mail-in ballots returned. Is yeah, that, and, com and comparing them to where they were two weeks before the election in 2020, right? Like at the same period in time two years ago, or no. Yeah. Larry, Larry Elder. November 2020. Larry. More MIP after this message. What up, y'all? It's Torre, author of I Would Die For You, Why Prince Became an Icon. Check out Who Was Prince, an epic eight-episode podcast about Prince, where we talk to his girlfriends, his musicians, his engineers, his managers, all sorts of people who were close to him to find out who he really was. Follow Who Was Prince wherever fine podcasts are streamed. Larry Elder said this summer on Candace Owens' show that it is a former slave owner's or descendants of slave owners, families today, actually are the ones who deserve reparations because their slaves were taken away. What did Candace Owens, I, I saw his clip. What did she say? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I mean, I, and one, I, I think we can hypothesize she probably agreed. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, man. These people, you can't make them up anymore. Can't make them up. So, folks, please uh, tell your friends and family not to take this one for granted. Please, 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 um, everyone, get out. And and Larry's also an anti-vaxxer too, right? Um, he has vaccinated, but he oh. has said that he he would stop all mandates, mask and vaccine mandates. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, California is doing great right now on the COVID front compared to Texas and Florida and. And uh, yeah, they would they would they would take what's been successful. And we're not even talking about shutting stuff down anymore, right? Stuff is open. We're talking about wearing a freaking mask, and these Republicans can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. 
you you speaking of 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 anti-vaxxers you started something called the anti-vax chronicles haven't you yeah so um on reddit there's a there's a forum a subreddit called herman cain awards and you might recall herman cain was a was a trumpy uh, ally who died of COVID after attending that Tulsa rally that nobody showed up to, uh, if you remember. Right. I remember. And um, because nobody wanted to show up because they were afraid of COVID and then he, he shows up and dies of COVID. Right. So the Herman Cain awards and basically what they're doing is they're going through Facebook and they're finding people who die of COVID and that were anti-vaxxers. So they have this long posting history of, of anti-vax memes and, attacking liberals for wearing masks and fighting to get schools to drop their mask mandates. And then they get COVID and die. And sometimes they take out their whole families with them. And I'm absolutely um, just like, I'm addicted to this forum because every one of those deaths is so avoidable and it blows my mind that, and these are people in swing states like Texas and Florida and Georgia and, and we liberals are trying to keep them alive. And all we're saying is get this free jab or at the very least wear this mask. Mm-hmm. And these people can't do it. And they are, they are um, killing themselves. Yeah. And so last week you had, I think it was what, 2,500 Floridians died of COVID last week. We know that most of those are in rural counties disproportionately it's dramatic the numbers are it's like 18 times more likely to be in a red county than in a blue county and um so you have people like ron DeSantis and, and greg abbott governor of texas literally killing their own supporters and and for what to get to get an advantage at the 2024 presidential primary i mean that's that's it. I mean, these people are psychopaths. They're, they're not dumb. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so it just blows my mind. We always talk about, oh, conservatives, you know, they vote against their own interests. I mean, here they are behaving against their own interests. And we're screaming and begging for them to do the right thing. And one of the things that's, that's amazing, Mark, is it's one thing, I, I got to say, this whole pandemic I always look at the numbers like, oh, like this many people died, this many people are in ICU, this many people are infected. I didn't really know what it it was to have COVID, like what they are going through. And so you're reading through some of these stories and they're basically family members are narrating and taking pictures of their loved ones uh, with tubes, you know, all over their bodies from their stomach, tubes in their stomach and, and tubes in their throats and oxygen mask. And is is they're like these cyborg horrific uh, images and they're in horrible pain and they're crying and they're screaming for their loved ones. This is not like, Oh, they went peacefully in the night. This is not like a, this is, I mean, these people are like drowning. They can't breathe. It, it's um, almost feels like they're being waterboarded. Like that, that desperate, like they're, they're drowning. And Jesus. so they have to sedate them. They have to just pump them full of morphine just to, to keep them from, cause they want to, they're tearing their tubes out of their bodies. Um, Mark, I had no idea. Like I had no idea just how graphically horrific it is. Um, I didn't need to know to, um, 
to um, get my vaccine and to get my family vaccinated. And the one silver lining is that we're seeing an uptick in vaccinations in these areas. And I firmly believe that it's once once you read some of these stories um, and you're you're on the fence, I mean, they're, they're, you just, you're not on the fence anymore. Nobody wants to live that way. Nobody wants to go that way. So um, there's always a bit of schadenfreude. You know, these guys, uh, liberals want to control us with a jab. And, um, and then they, and then they die, but nobody really don't want them dead. You don't want their family. Some of these, some of these people are leaving, like mom and dad are dying and leaving three, four, five kids sometimes behind orphaned. Um, none of them have life insurance for whatever reason. And, uh, of course they don't have health insurance either. So, so this is all what they don't have an estate you know, so these families are broke and, and destitute and, it's just, it's leaving behind this trail of destruction that didn't need to happen. That's the part. I mean, it was one thing when we, New York and New Jersey were on fire uh, last year because there was no vaccine. Doctors didn't know how to treat it. There was no protocols. Right now, this is also avoidable. And so what I've been doing is I've been taking some of those stories and I've been, I've been sort of, building little narratives about them on daily codes just to, to spread. Um, and I'm hoping people see this stuff and maybe pass it on to the loved ones and maybe they'll go, Oh yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be that person. And there are people younger than you and me who are dying in their thirties and, and leaving young families. No, and those are some of the ones don't have life insurance. Cause you don't think about that right away. You know, at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, what people are going to have to understand quickly, I think, is that to think of all the people who've died, you know, it's not likely that those who are unvaccinated and dying in the name of Donald Trump and the anti-vax movement are going to be considered martyrs. So many people have died. And most of the people who've died are just literally just going to be another name that's died during COVID with all the other thousands of names. It's, you, you, your loved one, your name or your loved one's name are not going to go up on a wall somewhere. They're not going to build a Vietnam Memorial because you were an anti-vaxxer. Um, and history is going to look back at this and say, yeah, you know, there were those who died unfairly uh, without anything, without, there were those who died before there was even a vaccine. But those who had access to something, I just don't get how they think that this is going to result in some glory for any of them any more than January 6th has resulted in glory for those who ran up on that hill. Um, Yeah, I mean, they think that it's only other people who are going to suffer. They keep throwing out like 99.9% of people don't die. Like they never think that they're going to be, and it's not even, those aren't even the numbers, but they, it's, it's, yeah, a minority of people, small number of people die of this disease. It, that is true. That doesn't consider the people who are damaged. They have lung damage and heart damage and liver damage and brain damage. But let's say um, that just death alone, like they don't think it's them. There is a deep religi- um, religious component to this. These are evangelicals, right? Southern evangelicals, right? So, 
um, they think God will protect them. And there's a lot of, I mean, they post these memes and Facebook is, is the vehicle. Facebook makes this all possible. And, but they'll put these memes. I don't need a vaccine. I have the blood of Christ. Like that's all the protection I need. And you know, maybe, maybe your, your Christ, you know, <laughs> inspired the scientists who invented the vaccines. Um, it's not, doesn't have to be one or the other, but they're, it's very binary. And, uh, um, and so, yeah. And so they use Facebook and they use memes. And one of the things that's really interesting is they talk about like, do your own research, right? You'll see that a lot, do your own research, but doing your own research really means posting memes, posting stupid memes on Facebook and then asking random people on Facebook, you know, I got this cough and, and I'm not feeling well and I can't breathe. What do I do? And then somebody's like, well, you, you should boil, you should boil the rinds of, uh, of lemons and, and oranges and then sip that until you feel better. So these people are literally boiling freaking citrus because they think that's going to cure them of COVID because some random person on Facebook told them to, that's doing their research. And, and you'll see this Mark. And I was, when I was doing my travels, I was in the Texas panhandle earlier this summer. And that, which is one of the hottest hot zones in the country right now. And uh, I was listening in to people talking and there's a very big difference between people who know what they're talking about. And they said, I read you know, I read that so-and-so and so, but people pushing back on those. And there was this family where this young woman was like, I read that. And I forget, it was something to do with the Delta variant, right? Mm -hmm. And the, there's three men who are like, well, I heard blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's heard. It's never, I read that the Delta variant. No, it's, I heard. <laughs> I heard, right. And I think that's what doing their research really becomes. It's just like, what do their buddies say? That's that's doing their research, and it's getting them killed. It's literally getting them killed. So, so unnecessary. And for those who, I'm a minister, so all these folks pleading the blood of Jesus. See, my question is, do you plead the blood of Jesus when you have a headache or ache or pain, or do you take Tylenol and Advil? <laughs> they go to the hospital. They all end up on vents. So they're, you know, the science that they're, that they're railing against and the experts that they're railing against for asking them to take vaccinations, they're happy to run to those people when they're actually at, at death's edge. I actually would respect them more if they didn't go to a hospital and live those convictions, but. Or, or, even, or even when they have that small ache or pain where most people just take a town all over the Advil, don't take that. But yeah. I bet you they take a town all the Advil. I got a headache. I'm taking town. No, no, no. Blood of Jesus. Don't take that title yeah. off. Yes. Uh, 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 you know, that's what it can be blood of Jesus. If it's blood of Jesus, it's blood of Jesus all the time. Right. Um, so I mean, it's, uh, it's that famous joke, right? Where the, the preacher, you know, there's a flood and the preacher's, you know, on a boat and, you know, a boat comes by and says, let's go. And he goes, no, I'm waiting for Jesus to save me. Right. And the second boat comes in, you know, they, the water's getting higher. No, I'm waiting for Jesus. You know, he's at the steeple and the helicopter comes by. It's like, no, I'm waiting for Jesus. He dies goes to heaven and and he's and the preacher's like why didn't you save me and uh and he's like what do you want me to do i sent two boats in a helicopter That's right. <laughs> and this is this is what we're seeing happen in real time mm -hmm. in these in these mostly rural uh conservative communities yeah 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 well and unfortunately just to, to tie this together 
a lot of the anti-vaccine we're seeing in the African-American community is being led by conservatives. That's spilled over into some of our community. Gotcha. Mix, mix that in with the Tuskegee experiment. Mm-hmm. And it's caused a lot of confusion. And, and I would just say to people that the Tuskegee experiment, experiment was very real. Um, the term that is used uh, that the president of Meharry Medical College, the first HBCU medical college in the country, gave me was rational apprehension. So African-Americans have a rational apprehension. Rational. Mm-hmm. But if we take that apart, ladies and gentlemen, the Tuskegee experiment is a terrible thing. They injected a disease into a black population. This is not that. This is an injection of a cure to a deadly disease. So the two don't quite line up, number one. Number two, we have people like black college presidents, black epidemiologists at the FDA um, who are in the trials for all of these drugs. All right. So we didn't have that. 50 years ago. So, so, so if we can't trust black people that the civil rights movement fought to get through school and to get in these positions to advise us and oversee that, then I don't know what we're doing. And a lot of people are losing their lives unnecessarily. Uh, And I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm hearing people every day too. See, this is going to be, you know, it, you're going to, have to deal with it because some places are not allowing people to come back to work unless they're vaccinated or something like that. And I'm not saying that's the, the fairest thing in the world, but that's happening. In a minute, they're not going to let us get on planes. Mm-hmm. In some, in, now, if, if Marcos, you and I wanted to go to Jamaica or a lot of places in the Caribbean today, we're not getting on a plane without a vaccination and still a test. They're not playing down there. Mm-hmm. All right. And these are predominantly black countries. They are not playing. People who are leaving the country, who live there, want to come back home and live there. All right, you've been away to America. You're going to give me a vaccination card and you're going to give me tests. Yeah. I think in some countries, they want two tests. They want one two weeks before you get on a plane and one right before you get on the plane, too. They're not yeah, playing. That makes sense. I mean, yes. we know that vaccine doesn't prevent you from, from getting it now, from right. carrying it. Right. So, folks, you know, um, and what we've had guests come on the show. And talk about how this is a new reality. This is not the last pandemic we're going to see in, in terms of what we're dealing with in humanity right now. So we may just have to go ahead and get used to the fact and understand that this kind of stuff is going to be with us. And so we have to make the adjustment. And whatever you may think, you, you think long and hard about the choice you're making between deciding, well, I don't want to, especially if you're black, I don't want to participate in another Tuskegee experiment whether that's the risk you want to take versus the risk of leaving your family with nothing and without you. Um, uh, And the numbers speak for themselves. COVID is killing us disproportionately. There are no numbers which show the vaccine is disproportionately killing us. And for those who think that it is, why, why then are, at least in the beginning, why were African-Americans not favored to have more access to the virus. So if they, if they want to do a Tuskegee get us and kill us, wouldn't they give, give all of us the virus? I mean, given all of us yeah, the vaccine yeah. first? 
Following the right. suburbs. That's how that's how I convinced the grandmother of one of my my daughter's friends um, who said Tuskegee. And I said, well, you know, they they they're vaccinating in this neighborhood. It's it's a black neighborhood. It's all white people from the suburbs coming in. <laughs> they're taking your vaccine. Right. And so, next thing right. she got vaccinated. And so um yeah. Yeah. So exactly. so so folks, and I know some people like, oh, how can you say that? And there are leaders in our community who just have a thing. And I get the whole thing about vaccine, but this is different. We are dealing with a pandemic and a deadly disease. You know, I'm not getting into all the other stuff right now. But yeah. um, um, folks, just really think, think long and hard about that. And no one, I hate to say it, nobody's going to remember you. Life is going to go on. And it'll just be just sad. They, so-and-so died. Yeah, why did, why did Donald that? Trump and Ron DeSantis, and they don't give it. They don't give it. They don't care. Him. They don't care. So, folks, please, yeah. please, please, th- this hopefully will be finally a wake-up call to everyone as to uh, the flaws and the dangers of social media. It has, you and I have talked about before. It has its good and its bad, but this is one of the bad things oh. that it has its influence on people mm-hmm. and, and all of that. More MIP after this message. Now, uh, another area that you and I want to discuss is uh, that we should discuss. I mean, we know the influence on, of social media on voter suppression. You and I have talked about this, the fear groups that you and I work with that are responsible for GOTV, saying that it's going to be tougher to do that if Democrats don't deliver. That's fine. Coupled with the voter suppression laws that are taking place, enact, enactment of these laws. However, does not, as horrible as it is, what Texas has done with Roe, I know you talked to Ellie about this this week somewhat, does that not, so, so, so if I'm Abbott or I'm Republicans or I'm DeSantis, I'm saying, well, hold it down. Should we do this? Because if turnout is already going to be low and we're suppressing the vote, do we really want to do anything that's going to mobilize more women than ever? to the polls in 2022. It could that not be uh, an unintended yet positive consequence for us. That I, mean, I, I, I think this Texas law was the, uh, was the dog that caught the car, you know, metaphor, because there's actually a serious um, challenge to abortion rights that came out of Mississippi. And that one's the one that is expected to overturn Roe v. Wade officially, right? Right. I don't think any I don't think Texas expected this thing to get through because it's such a ridiculously draconian dystopian law, right? Paying bounties for people to spy on each other. I mean, for a group of people to talk about communists, they this is the most communist freaking thing I've seen happen in this country in, in decades. So um the hope is that this is no longer from our side, it's no longer crying wolf because it, it always seemed like Republicans, they would pass their anti-abortion laws to show to other people that they were fighting for their thing, fully expecting the Supreme Court to then invalidate that. And that's no longer happening. And in fact, the timeline has accelerated. And I think, unfortunately, for Texas, it had happened in Texas the year before major elections where where you're going to both chambers of the Texas le- legislature are um our uh, Democrats may win both of them. It's within, they got new districts coming. So a lot of this is still, you know, we still need to look at the new districts, but the way that Texas is moving, the demographics are moving in our direction. Definitely 
we have a governor's race that's going to be a top tier race next year. And now this is hopefully going to activate um, not so when we talk, when I talked to Elliot Mistal of, of the nation, he, he said, you know, white women, they 51% voted for Donald Trump. And yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And those people not, they're not going to, this is not going to scare them away. What I'm looking at is the, you know, about 50 to 60% of young people who did not vote because young people don't vote. This Texas law is a, it's like a big deal on TikTok, on, on circles where these young Zoom, Zoomers, I don't know what they call the, the, the generation after the millennials, but if they activate, if millennials activate and they vote, then Texas is done. Texas flips on our direction. And since the Supreme Court is, is, looks to be on pace to leave it up to the states on abortion laws, Literally, the ability to have an abortion in Texas will be on the ballot because if Democrats take the legislature, if they take the governorship, they can make it legal. So the stakes are huge next year. And, and yeah, for, for sure, I think Republicans have activated that nationally. Hopefully it sends it sends, you know, it's a it's a it's a kick in the behind. It's wake up. This is this is what Republicans have been telling us they wanted to do for decades. They finally did it. And they did it by stealing two Supreme Court seats. Mm-hmm. So if we can win next year's election, if we can get a few more votes in the House so we can get rid of the filibuster, then a lot of things, you know, change. But um, there are a lot of headwinds, right? I mean, it's the same headwinds. Party in power always loses. Uh, Joe Biden's fat, uh, approval ratings are going down. He's He's definitely getting hammered right now. Afghanistan did him no favors. And neither has the fact that nothing has happened since that first stimulus bill way back, what, almost six months ago. And and uh, letting Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema just tie things up and stymie, I think, has been problematic and has hurt Biden. And so um, Democrats need to get their ass in gear. They need to deliver. I mean, we had a Daily Coast civics poll last month found that um, that only 30% of Americans gave Joe Biden credit for the, um, for, um, the child tax credit that they're getting every month, the stimulus checks, um, all that 60%, 60, 65% said that they had benefited from a government program and only 30% gave Joe Biden credit. What's that about? I mean, I mean, we we do a crappy job of explaining. And part of it is just partisanship, right? Like you're not gonna. I mean, if Donald Trump came in and gave me a million dollars, I still wouldn't give him credit for it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I think that's part. Of, I think there's that, but I think a lot of it is, you know, Donald Trump signed, he put his name on the stimulus checks in, you know, in 2020. Joe Biden didn't. Oh, we need the good government. No, you know what? You you play the game they play. Yeah. <laughs> if Congress has a problem with it, fine. Like sign the bill that says that says you can't do that anymore. But they started it. So people are getting checks. They, you know, last check they got says Donald Trump. New check they get has other random people's person's name that they don't know. I went probably yelling at Treasury. Sure. Um and then and then how are they gonna give Joe Biden credit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So there, there's there's a lot of challenges, but we need to start delivering for people for sure. And uh, and you got to give people a reason to, you know, a reason for them to vote for Democrats. And then that, that would complement nicely the reason to vote against Republicans, which Republicans are making um, on their own. Yeah. Folks, uh, check out the Anti-Vax Chronicles at DailyCoast.com. Check out CivicsWithAQ.com. And also check out The Brief wherever you get your podcast. Do support it. As always, we're thankful to have with us on this Thursday. I'll make it plain for Thursday. Coast once again, Marcos and Melissa. Marcos, uh, thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Everybody stay safe and uh, see you next week. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.